It is so good to be with you here at Brentwood Hills. I've certainly enjoyed the singing. You all have had beautiful singing, um, and I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, the, the song, the, the service doesn't start with the preaching. It starts with the, it starts with the gathering together of the saints, and it, it is blessed by the singing and the prayers. You know, uh, there are there are only three parts to the the service of God in the church in the true church: the the singing, the praying, and the preaching. And we believe as a people that those are the only three parts that belong in the true service of God. Um, I remember when Jesus uh, met the woman at the well, uh, he said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I pray that that's what we will do this morning, is to worship him in spirit and in truth. And uh, I pray and I believe that each one of you have brought the, the, the spirit within you, and I pray that the, the spirit of God would be with us this morning as we seek to come together and worship him. Um, <clears throat> I've had a little bit of allergies recently, so uh, you pray for me, and if they get too bad, we'll, uh, we'll ask a, a better preacher than I to come, come forth. And <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of things on my mind uh, of recent, uh, done a lot of studying. I told my wife, I said, you know, I've, I've learned a lot and so forth, but, but I have Sometimes, sometimes the minister has a little bit of trouble trying to settle, <laughs> to settle on a particular subject or a particular topic, and I have, uh, I pray the Lord would bless that I have a, a topic on my mind this morning, and more, more importantly, I pray that we'll be able to present it in a, an organized and an understandable way. Um, as we try to preach the Word of God, the, uh, the all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's all profitable, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, that the man of God might be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And sometimes it's it's hard to to pick from all of the Scriptures what what is is on has to focus on what's on our mind you pray for us this morning the i guess the topic or the the subject that's on my mind is how blessed we are to be able to come together in such a capacity to honor him, to worship him, and to praise his great and matchless name. Uh, there are 
places in the world, even today, where assemblies such as this would draw uh, the the uh, local uh, persecution and be disbanded. Um, and sometimes we forget and don't, and, and sometimes maybe we take for granted the privilege, the blessing that we have to be able to meet together as the church of the living God. Um, I guess for my place to start here, does that work? Maybe, I don't know whether that'll help or not, but <laughs> I'll turn it on anyway. <clears throat> I guess I'll start in Second Corinthians, a, a strange place to kind of start, but, but maybe we can bring out the thought here. Second Corinthians, third chapter. Um... Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, first verse says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of accommodations to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And I'll kind of stop and we might uh, hopefully dwell or, or make a few comments there. You here are epistles to God. Just as Paul talks about these, uh, the, the Corinthians there, each one of us is a, is a testimony to God. As each and every one of us, certainly as we come to meet in the house of the Lord, certainly as we come to, to pray to him, to sing praises to his name, certainly as, as we live our daily lives, we live, or we should live, and we do live in such a way as to honor and glorify him. We don't live an ungodly life because uh, the, the, the epistle or the, the, the law of God is written in our hearts. It's written in our hearts in fleshly tables of our hearts. There was a time... <laughs> And this is what Paul is referring to. There was a time when the, the epistle of God or the things of the laws of God were written on tables of stone. And you all remember that. I don't want to necessarily rehearse all of that with you. But you remember when, when Moses had led the children out of Egypt and, and led them... Uh, uh, led them through the wilderness and so forth, and they came to Mount Sinai, and and he he paused there with the 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 multitude, if I can use that term, paused there with the multitude, and went up into the mount, <laughs> the mount which, by the way, he had been on before and seen the burning bush, <laughs> but he went up to the mount, okay, and received 
the laws of God, the, the, the strict laws, thou shalt have no other gods before me, uh, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt uh, uh, worship the, the God only, and so forth. All of those commandments that we sometimes call the Ten Commandments, he wrote those. Uh, he, he didn't write those. They were written by the finger of God. <laughs> and he, he brought those down to the people. And, oh, by the way, you all remember when he came down from the mountain, what the, he was up there for quite a while. And when he came down, the people were dancing about and playing and had made themselves an idol, which, which disobeyed the very first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And he brought those down and found them, uh, found them doing ungodly things. And, and those tables of stone, they had already broken the law of God, which they had, by the way, they knew better. <laughs> they absolutely knew better. They, they just got uh, persuaded. I, I, think, <laughs> I think there was uh, uh, another voice in their ear <laughs> directing them to disobey the things that God... And, and here, they, here they had been had been uh, delivered out of Egypt. They had been delivered out of the, 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 the terrible uh, agony of bondage and, 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 and the, with the terrible Egyptian taskmasters. And they were out, out there, and uh, Moses, uh, God told Moses to, let, to deliver the people out of Egypt, which he did, and they, they saw the, the, the seas part. They had seen, each, each and every one there had seen the, the seas part. They had, they had walked across on dry ground. They saw the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They had seen all of these wonderful things that God had done in the miracles. And yet, they went off a worshiping of digressing, uh, doing things that God had not commanded them to do. And uh, Paul is here reminding them and reminding, and there were some Jews in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Corinthian church, but he says, uh, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust we, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, that we are not sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. If that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is, and there are many mouthfuls in the word of God. But he says, we're not sufficient of ourselves, and remember, remember, people of God, you're not sufficient of yourselves. You have, you have nothing, all your righteousness is as filthy rags. Everything that we have, we cannot claim for ourselves or for our own, uh, because of our own works or so forth, any any righteousness we have, any justification that we have, our sufficiency, our justification 
fourth chapter of, of Romans says we, he was delivered for our justification. Our, he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Our justification comes and our sufficiency comes from God. <clears throat> Who hath also made us able ministers of the New Testament. And, and he's talking about himself, but it, it applies to us too. He says, who's made us ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And you've probably heard that quoted many, many times and, and sometimes misapplied. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it amazing how sometimes the scriptures get misapplied? You know, he, he warned and admonished Timothy. He says, rightly divide the word of truth. He didn't say rightly divide truth from error or anything. He says divide the word of truth. Everything in here is true, but rightly divide it, rightly apply the word of truth. And that's our job as ministers, and that's that's each and every one of our jobs as we study and as we read the word of God to rightly apply it and to understand what's being said. the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. What's he talking about? But if the ministration of death, written and graven in stones, was glorious, so the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. If you recall, when, when Moses came down from the mountain, he shone, he had the glory of God, and he... He shone brightly, and it was uh, a scary, uh, terrifying thing to the people because here they had seen Moses and so forth, and all of a sudden he had a glow, uh, 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 an aura about him that was just uh, uh, petrifying, terrifying, and they couldn't even look upon his face. The glory that was done, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit, okay, uh, but the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold uh, the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. The glory of and the ministration of the tables of stone, and that's, Lord willing, kind of where we want to go this morning, uh, if, if we'll uh, hasten on a little, the the Ten Commandments, the law, the Scripture says the law made nothing perfect. The, the we the we could not be saved by the law. the the law The law is good. The law is is proper. There's nothing about the Ten Commandments that was nullified. Okay, but what did they show? <laughs> they showed what poor weak, worthless sinner I am because that law was just and righteous and holy. It came from God. It was delivered from God. It was written by the finger of God and it came from him and and it's proper and holy and righteous. Man just didn't keep it. And I could go over to the, the Hebrew letter or, or uh, go back into the Old Testament. Um, the 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 scripture that says that 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 uh, the law was written in our hearts, 
the letter for the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And this is this is a, a subject and a topic, and and we we may uh, get to more of it. But the 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 law showed us what we were. It was our schoolmaster, as as the scripture says. It 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 kept us. Uh, in in God, it kept us following after and obeying God and our schoolmaster until the 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 fullness of time came, and God sent forth His Son into the world, made of a woman, made under the law, that He might redeem them that were under the law. the The letter of the law, the tables, killeth. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Do you realize that the Spirit that we now have and the Spirit of faith, faith in and faith of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of faith that we have in us, is far more glorious, far more precious, far more valuable, precious, more than any precious stones or anything that we might have in this world. The precious spirit that we have within us, and that's another wonderful blessing that God's given us. I've, I've, I've said this, and nobody's really called me down on it. I think the, the, the most precious and wonderful gift that God gave us was his son. His only begotten son, when he sent his only begotten son to suffer and bleed and die for us. And I, I maintain the second greatest gift is the gift of his spirit within us, which gives us the knowledge and the understanding that of what we are and what God has done and what Jesus Christ in his sacrifice has done for us without that with, uh, without that spirit within us, we would not have that knowledge. And there are those that walk in this world today that do not have that blessing, for not all men have faith. But we have been given that wonderful gift of the spirit, and that's a glorious gift. That's a wonderful gift. That's a marvelous gift. There is no more wonderful gift that you can receive than the gift of the Holy Ghost. But if the ministration, for if the ministration of, uh, of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. Even the glory that, that was given and the glory that, that was shown in Moses' face and the glory that was shown in the tables of stone paled, paled. It just, it just was, it is, it is important. It's nothing as valuable, but it, it paled in comparison by reason of the glory that excelleth. The glory of the Spirit of God and the glory of the knowledge of God and the glory of what our precious Lord and Savior has done for us, not in the past in, in delivering us from our sins, but what he does for us every day of our lives as we walk in him, as we trust in him, as we have faith in him, 
as we follow in his footsteps. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. What? The old ministration of tables of stone was done away? Yes. They shall no more teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, Lord, for they shall all know me from the greatest to the least. And I will be unto them a God, and they shall be unto me a people. That promise, that glorious promise that he's given us, that he's given each and every one of his children, chosen before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blame before him in love, that ministration, that knowledge, that understanding that we that we possess because of the Word of God, the written Word of God and the Gospel, and also because He's written it in our hearts. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Hope. Hope. What a wonderful blessing. Does anybody here have any hope? Does anybody here have any hope? Hope of glory, hope of, of salvation, hope of deliverance, hope of love. Hope of peace. Hope of joy. Does anyone here have a hope burning within their breast this morning as we come together to worship him? Seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away, how? With Christ. Christ Christ is the end of the law. He he came down from heaven. He, He told his disciples, he says, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And not one jot. He kept the law perfectly. We have a high priest which kept that law for us. And and in our room and in our stead, we were placed in him and he was placed in us. And he kept that law perfectly and completely. Not one jot nor one tittle passed away from that law. There was only one that was able to do that. We, we have no ability, have had no ability, have no ability, will never have any ability to keep that law as perfectly as our high priest who was, uh, we have not a high priest which cannot be tempted by the feelings of our infirmities, but was, was in all points tempted like that we are yet without sin. That's the one who came, and that's the ministration if I can, can broaden this, that's the ministration of the the glorious uh, uh, the, the the glory that is that that is being discussed here. Seeing then that we have such hope, and not as Moses, but their minds. He's talking about now those of the Jews. Their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil. And taken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. And by the way, I want to go back to that 13th verse, and I want to 
offer you offer up something and and you're you're welcome to take it or if you don't like it you can give it back to me it says and not as moses which put a veil over his face that the children of israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished i believe that end there is the end of the law and more importantly is the beginning of faith and and hope and so forth in jesus christ But even unto this day, when Moses has read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Nevertheless, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, that veil, that 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 wanting to to stick into to 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 count yourself righteousness because of the law, for there's none righteous, no, not one. But that 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 righteousness, that self-righteousness, I'll use that word, I think it's a good word, that self-righteousness that they have will be done away when they turn to the Lord, when they see what, what a wicked, uh, uh, deserve, uh, terrible people they are when they when they turn to the Lord and they they give up all their works uh, uh, Apostle Paul told Galatians so foolish Galatians who hath beseeched you who hath, hath caused you to turn back into the law instead of following the salvation by grace who hath made us uh, nevertheless when it shall turn to the Lord the veil shall be taken away now the Lord is that spirit. What now we know, now we know what the spirit is that's under consideration. The Lord, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory in you, that is that spirit that's under consideration here. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's bondage? No. There's liberty. There's liberty. There's, there's a deliverance from bondage. There's a deliverance from the bondage of the law. There's a deliverance from sin. We have, uh, we, we have no more sin uh, because we have that spirit, and that spirit that is within us guides us, and we're no more subject to the spirit of sin and the spirit of bondage because of that which has been put within us. But we all, with open face, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to run quickly over to uh, the Roman letter, I guess, and try to tie something in here, and I hope this, this all fits together, and I hope we can make some sense out of it. Let me go to the, I don't know where to start, the 10th chapter, I guess, 10th chapter of Romans. A very familiar text, a very familiar verse. What are we doing on time? A very familiar verse. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. What? Israel's not saved? Let's rightly divide. Let's rightly divide. That word of truth. 
okay? What's he talking about there? For I bear them record, they have a zeal of God. They could not have a zeal of God if they did not have that spirit of God within them. I maintain they have a zeal of God. Listen to what he says. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant, and the the word there is willingly ignorant, I'm going to say, they choose to be ignorant, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They're blinded. They have a veil over their face because they're going about to establish their own righteousness. For Christ, and we quoted this, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, Who shall ascend up to heaven? That is, bring Christ down. Who shall descend to the deep? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee. Aren't you, aren't you just humbled and proud and privileged this morning to know that the word of God is nigh, nigh unto you? It's not far from you. It's not uh, some distant thing that we struggle with. The word of God is placed in your heart. Your heart has been changed from a hard and stony heart to a soft and tender heart. Your heart is a heart that seeketh after righteousness, that that seeketh to serve him, to honor him, to glorify him. Uh, But what saith the word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved eternally? No. Believe it or not, uh, we had a, uh, I'll take one second to tell you a little, uh, a little anecdote. We had a man come to uh, Bethlehem Church uh, some years ago who came and just showed up, just shows up, showed up on the, on the doorstep and we came in and invited him. He came in ap- up afterwards, and he was talking with Dan and I. And he said, Are, do you guys believe in the Bible? And, well, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we, I hope we, he says, do you preach the Bible? Yes. Yes, I hope we do. He says, well, I don't want to go anywhere where the, the people don't, don't believe and preach and, and trust and follow the word of the, the Bible, the, the, the gospel. Well, Come and see. <laughs> come and see. Come, come and, and, and hear us and, and see if we preach the gospel. See if we preach the truth in spirit and in truth. Well, he came two or three times, and he had some conversations with, I don't remember if it was Dan or I or something, because as, as you know, there's not just one salvation talked about in the Scripture. There's not just one eternal salvation talked about in the Scripture. Else, uh, you know, and, and I, I use a couple of examples. Uh, when, when Christ was on the cross, well, let me, let me back up. On the day of Pentecost, those people said, 
uh, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, save yourselves. Eternally, no. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. That's a timely salvation. Deliver yourselves from this untoward generation. When Christ was on the cross and those people were standing mocking at him at the foot of the cross, they said, if he be the Christ, let him save himself. Were they talking about eternal? No. No. Just let him deliver deliver himself from... Let him prove, prove that you're Christ because... Uh, there are other places in scriptures where we, we can prove or show that there's more than one salvation talked about in the, in the, in the word of God. And he says, say not in your heart, uh, uh, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth uh, and, uh, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And that saved is eternally, or is not eternally, but saved is timely. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and so forth. And I need to get on down. The 11th chapter chapter talks about, he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Talking about the Jews. God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew before the foundation of the world. He foreknew a people out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. That includes Jews and dear friends. That includes Muslims. That includes others, uh, uh, Mohammedans and, and, and Buddhists and everyone else. I believe, and I believe that's what we preach he has a people out of every, out of, not within, but out of. He has called people out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people that were chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Hath God cast away his people? Uh, I am an Israelite. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Uh, what ye not, or know ye not, that the scripture saith, how he maketh intercession? And, and Eliza's city, uh, they have killed my prophets, dig down thine altars, and I'm left alone, and I don't have time to go into all of that. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have time to go into that. Yeah. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. But if it be of works, it's no more of grace. You see, grace and works are oil and water. They don't mix any way, shape, or form. It can't be partially one and partially the other. Amen. It's grace or it's works. Otherwise, works is no more works. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which she seeketh for, but the election... Well, that's a dirty word to a lot of people. I'm sorry to, to bring that up. But the election, the election hath obtained it. And the rest were blinded. I say then, had they stumbled that they should fail, that they should fall? God forbid. This is again still talking about, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto you and I, unto the Gentiles. 
How much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Eleven and fifteen. For if the casting away of them shall be the reconciling of the world, and that's not the whole world, let's rightly divide the word of truth. The reconciling of the world, that's every that that means everyone chosen in him before the foundation of the world, out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. That's the world. But what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, if the, uh, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were to be broken off, and, uh, and thou being a wild olive tree, that's the Gentiles, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, you Gentiles. Boast not against the branches. Don't. Don't don't run them down, don't don't chide them, don't whatever. Boast not that hey, I'm better than you. No, no, we're all sinners saved by grace. Jew, Gentile, bond or free. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Remember, you don't bear the root, the root. Bears you. And thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. Be not high-minded, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he spare not thee. And this broken off and spared and, and so forth is not talking eternal. This is talking about timely. Broken off the veil is still over their face. They're still under the bondage of the law. They're still under following the bondage of, of trying to work out their own righteousness. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. If they abide not in unbelief, if they believe and they trust and they have faith, then they will receive the, the happiness, the peace, the glory, the satisfaction, the, the joy. Um, uh, our Lord and Savior said, I've, I've, come to be, uh, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's what he came to give to his people if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou were cut off from the olive tree. 25th verse. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, so all Israel shall be saved. That's, uh, that's certainly uh, a different salvation. He says, I, I, I pray that they might be saved, and bear the record, all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, 
There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, that deliverer, Jesus Christ. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sake, yes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I apply that, and I think, it's, I think it, it works here. Once God has called each and every one of his people, the, he doesn't uncall them. <laughs> when we are saved, that's one of the, the tenets, that's one of the things that, that we, we Baptists, and even especially old Baptists, believe. Once saved, God doesn't always save God does not recall. God does not cast us away. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. He's given us of his spirit. He's sent his son to sacrifice and die and deliver us from our sins. And he doesn't undo that. That is done. In fact, all the work that Christ did in eternal salvation and salvation his people is done. How do I know? Because he said from the cross, it is finished. It is finished. What the Father sent him to do in the work of deliverance and eternal salvation is done, complete, it's finished, and no one can stay the Father's hand or say unto him, what doest thou? And then my favorite honeypot verse, and I'll... I'll close. 33rd verse. Paul, talking about the deliverance of, of the, the, and, and, and the, the fact the Gentiles have been grafted in, that the Gentiles are now one family with those Jews who believe and trust and so forth. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free. We were all one in Jesus Christ. Oh, the depth of the riches, Paul says. The depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his riches. You ever search the riches of God? Do you ever question God? Have you ever said, why would God? I worry about myself sometimes. I was, you know, why would God let this pandemic destroy and come and, and, and hurt his people? Dear friends, my gospel says his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God's purpose and intent stands sure and will not be wavered. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who hath been his counselor? Who hath first given to him that it shall be recommended. Anybody done anything for the Lord? I hear that a lot, and, and I hope I don't step on anybody's toes, but I hope people understand when they use that phrase, we can't do anything for the Lord in that sense. And certainly we can't do anything for the Lord in, in, the, in the realm of eternal salvation. We can serve the Lord, we can honor him, and we should worship him and praise his holy and matchless name, 
But we can't do the Lord's work. The Lord is the only one that can do his work. He's the, the wind blows where it's listed. And it blows wherever it will. And none can stop the wind. We've had some pretty bad winds here recently. Did anybody go outside and say, be still wind? I know one that can. <laughs> I know one that can and did. But we can't stop the wind. The wind blows where it listeth. Who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. And again, let's rightly divide the word of truth. That all things is the all things, the beauties and the glories and the blessings that's under consideration here. <laughs> that's not all of the evil that goes on in the world. I'm, I'm convinced that there is a uh, one who walks around this earth as a ravening and roaring lion seeking whom we may devour, and that's not of God. That's not of God. But God in his purpose and his, his wonderful glory permits or allows that to continue until the last day. And then even, even he, will, every knee will bow and everyone will declare that Jesus is Christ. And I didn't get that one quoted exactly right. Of him, everything that we have, we live and move and have our being, everything is of him. Our sufficiency is of the Lord, not of ourselves. Of him and through him, and God is the purpose, the source, God is the source of him. He is the sustainer through all things that we, that we do and everything that we have. He sustains this whole earth and will continue to say it, to sustain it until it pleases him to deliver it and wrap it up in a roaring flame. <laughs> and I believe we can find scripture for that. Of him and through him and to him for his glory, for his purpose, for his honor. To him are all things to whom, to whom be glory forever. And I'm going to add forever. Amen. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for your time. Because of something you've done, didn't mean to look at you again. Because <laughs> I have a, 
Uh, but he still loves you with a perfect love. That now Sister Jean realizes that perfect love. She's got nothing hindering her. Nothing overshadowing. There's no veil. Uh, she's there soul and spirit feeling the love of Jesus Christ firsthand. And that's what I long for. Yeah, we'll sing a song now. Which number do you have? Uh, 416. 416. If anyone has a desire to join the church, you let us know and we'll shake for the band's hands. 